Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And in this episode of Chick Flicks, we're talking about gremlins and better watch out. But first, let's catch up. <laughs> we just Do you think I could be a, a jockey, a disc jockey? <laughs> Maybe. Kenz, um, what, are, what are you into this December so, evening? Uh, this week, we're also doing our 2019 wrap up, which means I have watched like an absolute insane amount of movies this week and i feel like i'm in a fever dream but i will shout out some movies that didn't quite make my top five and um the first is august at akiko's a very short movie on amazon i think for free and it's about it's sort of a documentary with like touches of like magical realism um about the guy dirty the musician dirty beaches do you know that guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah he, he it's about it's him and he goes his grandparents in hawaii die and he goes to sort of like try and reconnect with them he goes to hawaii mm-hmm. but he ends up spending a month at this bed and breakfast run by this woman named akiko it's like a buddhist buddhist bread and breakfast and he uh it's just him like connecting with himself trying to do some like self-discovery type things and like it at points i felt like it was too it he felt too like aware of the camera i felt like in some mm-hmm. points where it was like okay he's like being like me whenever the camera's out <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> getting ready yeah but i did but the parts about the movie that i did really like were that i like to think I like thinking about like movies as like meditation or like just a way of becoming more like self-aware, like present. And I think this movie did a really good job of that just through like its cinematography and stuff, Mm -hmm. where it's just like noticing little things and it's very like um, observant. Mm -hmm. So I liked it for that reason. And it's just, it is like, I mean, it's shot in Hawaii, so it's like gorgeous. And the woman, Akiko is very like adorable and she has this like, She's very old and she has this like great gravelly laugh that I love. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, the and he does the music for it. So um, the music is very interesting, too. Um, So that's August at Akiko's. And then the second is the movie I Lost My Body on Netflix. It's a French movie um, animated about a guy whose hand gets cut off and the hand is trying to uh, find its way back to the body. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also like a love story and a guy trying to like, he loses his parents in a car accident. So he's trying to like sort of go off on his own away from his uncle for the first time and figure out what he wants to do with his life and all that stuff. So, um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. I love a love story, even though this one goes through some rocky patches. <laughs> um, but it's also it's just very cute too. So um, and sad too. So that's I lost my body on Netflix. And then the third is Ready or Not. The I need to see Ready or Not. I watch it this week, um, and it has uh, I think her name is Samara Weaving. Yep. Uh, and she is a lot like Margot Robbie Roby. Mm-hmm. And uh it's a very fun horror movie where 
this lady gets married and then the whole in-law family tries to like murder her. It's a very fun movie and her performance is really great. There's a part where she gives this like one of the letterbox comments was like Samara Weaving's uh, tropical bird scream added five years to my life. And I was like, wow, that is so accurate because she sounds like she has like this wild scream and it's like really funny, but awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's ready or not. Very fun. So you have a lot of new to you things. I have a lot of old to me things. That's cool. <laughs> um, the first being um, it's Christmas. And mm-hmm. what I'm into is the best Christmas song ever, ever written. I don't know how long they've been se- like humanity has been celebrating Christmas for. I guess like <laughs> 2020 years, <laughs> baby Jesus. Um, but the best song about Christmas is uh, "Wham's Last Christmas." Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I got into this song late in life. You know, just a couple of years ago, I really started to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You can and should look up isolated vocals for last Christmas mm-hmm. so you can just like bask in how good George Michael's vocals are okay it kicks the crap out of any Christmas song about baby Jesus I also recommend the music video <laughs> it's just a great song when he sings the note he hits for when he goes he sings face on a lover with a fire in his heart a man mm-hmm. undercover but you tore me up <laughs> anyway it's such a good song. I love it. I, I love that one too. Uh, Hilary Duff does a version. Yeah, I'm sure she does. <laughs> There's a great podcast, uh, Pump Up the Jam, Punch Up the Jam. They do an episode on Last Christmas that's very informative from like a trivia perspective and very funny as well. I highly recommend that. Oh. I really like this artist I'm getting into, like an old person a million years late named Claro. Have you ever listened to her? I'm going to send you a song when we're done with this and you'll be like, I now know what the kids are talking about. Um, (laughs) She just makes like really cute music for like girls walking around their bedroom. I feel like, Um, yeah. So up your alley. Uh, (laughs) And then the last thing I want to plug is my favorite Christmas movie. I think is like straight Christmas movie, not black Christmas is um, the family stone. Uh, I watched it Mm -hmm. last year with Mackenzie and Keller uh, right before Christmas. It was so much fun. It's a great, it's, I think it's like achieving like cult status at this point um, mm-hmm. and becoming more and more appreciated. Uh, and it's just it a really, be. yeah, it's just like a really great family drama and it's like an elevated Hallmark movie where yeah. a high powered career woman <laughs> like learns about like small town life kind of and family values, mm-hmm. uh, but just so good. And I'm looking forward to watching it again this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Now let's dive into some not so great Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about Gremlins from 1984. It's Christmas in Kingston Falls, and Billy Peltzer receives a special gift from his father. It's a gremlin, a cute and cuddly cross between a cat and a monkey. Would you say that's accurate? I was like, what is a gremlin? It's like a it's like a cat monkey. Yeah, cat no, monkey you're squirrel. right. No, I okay. think you're right. Yeah, Sorry, it's like a f- it's like a furry baby Yoda. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gizmo the gremlin is an easy pet to care for. Billy must simply never shine a bright light on him, feed him after midnight, or get him wet. So easy. (laughs) Uh, When these things inevitably happen, Gizmo multiplies and his clones transform into angry (laughs) goblins. Okay, Gizmo multiplies and his clones transform into angry goblins who wreak havoc on the town. It's up to Billy and his crush Kate to save the town and Christmas. Well, yo, okay. I saw this is my second time seeing Gremlin, and my first time was last year. Gremlin. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Okay. When did you see it for the first time? 
uh, last this week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we are both late in life gremliners. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, this is like a cult classic movie. I read an mm-hmm. interview with Zach Galligan, who plays Billy, and he was like, I was at some convention, and there were like three movies being honored, and it was like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and Kremlins. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think, like, obviously, we are not part of that, because no. we have just watched it this recently, but I can get that. Like, I get it. Me too. Because it's it. fucking crazy. It's so, it was like, like the biggest movie of the year when it came out, and they released it in June. What? <laughs> yes, that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Well, interesting. Pretty weird. Pretty yeah. weird. Yeah. But I get. I mean, it's it's really movies like this where it's just like absolutely insane, like bad shit, crazy. That's what is cult. That's cult. true. You know, like and almost incoherent. <laughs> It's that's the difference between a cult classic and a classic classic, right? I agree. I agree. Um, it's a really weird mix of like comedy and then kind of horror as well. And actually gave helped give birth to the PG thirteen rating because like people were taking their kids mm. to see this movie and it's like not always kid friendly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and apparently it was going to be much darker in the first draft. Like the mom was going to die. She was going to be decapitated by the gremlins. The gremlins were going to eat people at McDonald's. Um, and the dog was going to die. And they toned it down a lot. But one of the weird tonal shifts that remains is um, the crush Kate has like a real scrooge of an attitude for most of the film. And then finally, <laughs> wait, first, she's like mentioning a lot that she doesn't like Christmas. And Billy is so stupid. He's just like, why don't you like Christmas? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and then finally, she's like, well, because my dad died pretending to be Santa Claus. He got stuck in a chimney and was just there for a couple of days until we started smelling him. And uh, I feel yeah. like I shouldn't laugh about it until I Google if anyone has in real life died from that. No, it's like an urban legend. It's one of those things that people have uh, talked about happening a lot, but it's like never actually happened. Yeah. But it's uh, probably popularized through gremlins. Gremlins, yeah. I, it was so like out of place. As soon as yes. that happened, I was like, this movie just is like, it, it wasn't the gremlins drinking. It wasn't the gremlins like running around doing flash dance it was that it was like dad's death that made me be like this is fucking insane yeah how about when she's like christmas and everyone is opening up their presents or opening up their wrists i was like what yeah that too i was like what i know but she's cute do you know whose mom she is yes you told me frankie cosmos okay yeah and they feel look alike. I was like, oh, wow. This is so cute. Um, what did you think of the cute, fluffy gremlin design? Cute. Furbies wouldn't have existed, probably. Yeah, probably. like, why didn't they sue Furby? I don't know. Kether's it's... very afraid of furries. Did you know that? As she should be. Yeah. I think that people have been, like, comparing gremlins to Baby Yoda, and I think they're wrong. They are Like, wrong. I just did it, but... They were like gremlins walked so Baby Yoda could run, and I think Baby Yoda's just on a whole another level. Baby Yoda cute. would stomp the shit out of a gremlin yeah. and use the force too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would not be a contest. <laughs> yeah, I mean the gremlin is okay looking. It's almost like its face is too human, like you know. I agree. It like its nose is animal. constantly running. Oh yeah, ew! I don't and, like that at all. And I was like, Ugh. have a baby if you want to have that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, didn't like that. And then the gremlin, when he gets, they become evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a word for what they become? Just like m- 
meaner gremlins, uh, bigger, <laughs> like more lizard-like. I well, I feel like the evil version is the gremlin, and the good version is the the mogwai. The mogwai. Okay. Okay. Uh, I could see that. The, the, I guess. The, the gremlins are crazy, though. Um, another scene that I was like, this is fucking crazy, is when um, Zach's mom, or Billy's mom, is alone when the gremlins, like, turn. Yeah. And she, like, kills a bunch of them. In yeah. A, she microwaves one. Uh-huh. She, like, blenders the other one. She was just, like, letting loose. She was, like, yeah. having, like, a John Wick moment yeah. on the gremlins. <laughs> I liked that though. I liked it too. I, I was like, expecting her to die. Honestly, me too. But then I was like, she all we see like... her do is cook, and she's like ready to take out some frustrations on her no good husband. Yeah, <laughs> who invents shit and can't do anything. And brought home the magwai in the first. And brought home like, the magwai in the first place. Yeah, it's his fault. Oh yeah, yeah. So, gremlins are were like originated um, as like an expression or an idea that like these. In World War Two, that like if your machinery or your plane or whatever it be, was fucked up, it was like a gremlin. And like, there's obviously the um, the Twilight Zone episode where there's um, a gremlin on the plane. Uh, and they mention and, that in this, movie, yeah. The and so it's kind of like like shorthand notes for like foreign interference. Um, mm-hmm. And this is one of those movies too where I'm like, no, I don't think anyone consciously who made gremlins was consciously being racist, but mm-hmm. boy, does it seem racist. Yes. And, you know, it is. And it doesn't have to be conscious. It's just like no. the way that... What you've been soaking th- up. They thought. like, And mm-hmm. and it's like, it it's as subtle as like, or subtle in quotes, mm-hmm. whatever. But like the guy is like uh, talking about like cars and like good american cars cars, don't buy foreign cars and then like the tv we should have got an american tv not a foreign tv and like all that stuff and it's just like yeah Yeah. um read a few articles today about the race racial undertones in gremlins very interesting a lot of people um kind of point to uh them them being like a caricature of black youth at the time in the 80s especially Mm -hmm. like reagan era because they like like to party they like junk food they like music but um read a very interesting article by wendy allison lee about um the like racism towards asians in gremlins as well of course billy's dad buys uh or kind of steals a gizmo from this shop in chinatown and so she writes that uh Gizmo, the gremlin, embodies a number of characteristics that echo supposedly positive stereotypes of Asian Americans as the model minority. Gizmo is cute, well-behaved, plays the piano, and strives to assimilate to the cultural norms of small-town white America, starting, of course, with his name. He's renamed Gizmo. Um, The film is hardly subtle about its ambivalence. uh, And then she talks about what we we just mentioned about the foreign TVs and stuff. Um, Another writer, Alex Safe Cummings, wrote about Gizmo as the model minority as well and said that however innocent or well-meaning Gizmo may be, he still embodies a racist stereotype, that of the immigrant minority coming to this country and having too many kids immortalized in liberal form by the Simpsons Apu and his eight children. Uh, And talks about what we just mentioned, since the 1920s, when British pilots blamed mythical critters for mechanical failure, the gremlin has been understood to be a small, mysterious being that causes some piece of machinery to fail. The monsters in this film attempt to use technology like a tennis ball machine against the humans, or at least fiddle with it so it does not work correctly. Um, so yeah, just like, just like a cross section of weird stuff yeah. <laughs> going on. 
um, did you see the link I included of in um, the Dear White People movie where Tessa Thompson's character talks about gremlins being racist? No. I Do you remember that bit, that. though? No. That's like, I remember being like, what? When she said that in the movie, but she, she basically says, she, there's like a scene where she's talking to her film professor and he was like, am I really going to have to read your 14 page paper on why gremlins is racist? And she was like, uh, they eat fried chicken. They're too loud and they can't get their hair wet. Um, yeah, it is racist. Yes, for sure. For sure. And the scene of the gremlins, like taking over the bar Mm -hmm. and partying is like wild. Yeah. And they're kind of like sexualized too. Yeah, which was very weird. <laughs> very, very weird. There's like sexy girl gremlins. Yeah, they like just put wigs on the gremlins. And lipstick. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Very, very weird. And I did they... like when they all just wanted to go to the movies. So Yeah, I like that too. And they were watching um they were watching fuck something. Oh, speaking of watching, noticed I, I would like to find out what the name of this trope is. But Gizmo at one point is left alone and he watches an old black and white film where about race cars. And then later he's like inspired to drive a car, like a mini car. <laughs> and it made me think of E.T., where E.T. watches an old movie about mm-hmm. two people like kissing. Mm-hmm. And Wally, where Wally watches an old black and white film about two people like falling in love. And they learn about the world through that way. They're kind of like these gooby... Yeah. Um, sweet characters who have to learn about human culture through uh, black and white films. Yeah. You're right. That does happen quite often. Mm -hmm. It's definitely Mm -hmm. a, like a pattern. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, you know what the really, the biggest shock for me in this movie, it felt like, it felt like watching a friend that looked different, so familiar and yet something was off and then I knew I started Googling it. And I, 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 before I even hit enter, I knew I was like gremlin set Gilmore girls set. Uh, yeah, I thought that too. But as soon as That's I so saw the funny. house, I was like, is this, I was like, this looks like stars hollow, but I didn't even occur to me that it could be actually the same. Yes, it was. And I think Billy's house is the Gilmore's house, like Laurel yeah. and Rory's house. Yeah. Oh man, that was so wild. It's the WB lot now, uh, or the old universal lot. Uh, what a great connection. So no wonder that like it felt nostalgic to us on a That's certain true. level. Like probably for the Gilmore Girls thing. Mm-hmm. But also I think just like in terms of like hitting those like corny late 80s, Holid- early Holiday 90s, movie vibes like, too. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. and the like practical like the weird like monsters like practical yeah. effects thing i feel like that mm-hmm. all just hits like a certain like string in our hearts nerve yeah like... so the, the the gremlin puppets were apparently like thirty thousand to forty thousand dollars each to make i saw crazy. that that's crazy Isn't that wild i guess because they were animatronic yeah so the difference may be which is cra- like they couldn't just be puppets they had to be animatronic I guess because they like did some things by themselves, you know, or like they. I guess. So I don't know. It, it, I guess because you couldn't like at that point you didn't have CGI to like remove the puppeteers, which yeah, is like yeah, what yeah, they yeah. do for like Baby Yoda or the Dark Crystal. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, this quote from Zach Gilligan, who's the lead actor, said, "Acting opposite Gizmo wasn't difficult because pretending a lifelike puppet is an alive animal is no harder than pretending a woman you've just met is your wife for fifteen years." It also was also beneficial having practical special effects because I was reacting reacting to a thing that was really there in front of me, as opposed to stuff you are attempting to imagine as you would with CGI. You can even see it in the performance of the dog Barney, which must be one of the top ten animal performances in movies, and I would agree. 
He was convinced the puppets were real. Hey, that was so cute. It was it's very so cute. true. I was like, that dog is like looking at that puppet and it's yeah. like, what the fuck is Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck I is that? I love that the actor is like championing his the dog, dog. coaster. Like, yeah. It's like Barney, shout out to Barney, dog Oscar nineteen eighty four. Did you have a favorite part of the movie? Um, <laughs> I don't. I mean, no, not really. I think we yeah. covered all the ones that I was like thought were interesting. Yeah. Like the part, like where she talks about her dad. Maybe. That was my favorite part. <laughs> Wait, you know what's weird? So Billy lives at home, not knocking that, but he works at the bank. But then, like his best friend is Corey Feldman, who like appears to be like twelve. That you're right. His age was very ambiguous because I'm his like, best friend was he? like twelve. But then he worked at a bank and didn't go to high school anymore and was dating a girl who worked at a bar. So ha- he must have been like 20? 20. Yeah. Why was he best friends with a 12 year old? I don't know. I don't he understand. had problems. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had some issues uh, going on. Um, Kenz, do you want to read some one star reviews for Gremlins? Yes. This is the first one. Best watched with a cheeseburger and a glass of dry white wine. With you. There's a, a one star review, just so you know. Because sometimes I would say put that in a good star review too. I'd be like, this movie, 10 stars. Best watched with a cheeseburger and a glass of dry white wine. <laughs> You're right. That sounds so good. Right I guess, now, like, too. I mean, that sounds like a good time. Like watching Gremlins <laughs> with a cheeseburger and a, white, a glass of white wine, especially you'd with feel, like a friend. You'd feel like a gremlin, not unlike a party in gremlin. Yes. Honestly, can relate. Gremlins yeah. have a personality that I can relate with. <laughs> Me too. They just want to uh, party and watch movies. <laughs> yeah, and hang out. Uh, the second review is, this thing really shows its age and is a prime example of the really bad things the 1980s gave us. <laughs> Which I would I would not not disagree yeah. with. It's sort of true. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rate this movie a f- four... Four or three, honestly. I think I might do three. It wasn't good. It was not good. But but it wasn't even that fun either, you know? Like, it wasn't bad enough to be fun. It was just like, ugh, when is this over? Yeah. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. Next up, we're talking about another Christmas horror movie, Better Watch Out, from 2016. The initial premise of Better Watch Out is familiar. A spunky blonde babysitter must defend her 12-year-old ward from home invaders. But Better Watch Out serves up a cunning twist that defines this Christmas horror movie. I don't know if it's cunning, per se. Sometimes you just write shit. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, our babysitter heroine, is not under attack from a slasher movie villain, but from the very child she was tasked with caring for. Luke Lerner, a 12-year-old that would make Norman Bates say, no thanks, has a crush but no conscience and delights in torture. To get out alive, Ashley must fight against the most disturbing monster of all, an entitled young white man. Woo, true. Yeah. What'd you think, Bridget? Well, okay. I will relay for the audience my roller coaster with this movie. <laughs> it was, Mackenzie picked it out like last week. I had seen its thumbnail many times before, though, and been like, okay babysitter holiday movie started watching it with tim yesterday and the introduction of luke uh, as a character is like such a horned up nice guy 12 year old like nice guy capital n capital g tm (laughs) 
um, like is just really aggressively like I'm in love with my babysitter. This is the night that I like get it with her. He says uh, we should watch a horror movie because I read online that fear makes girls wet. And I was like, this is gross. These kids are gross. Like I hope I hope the movie is like them learning like their babysitter is like a person. And all the trailers (laughs) show it like it's cut to seem like it's Luke and Ashley against a home invader. Like they're very tricky in how they promoted this film. Um, and I even said out loud to Tim, I was like, this movie sucks ass. It's so terrible. <laughs> I texted Mackenzie, this movie is terrible. And then there was a twist, uh, where you realize that Luke and his friend Garrett have kind of orchestrated this entire night to, um, torture Ashley. And I was like, whoa, okay. Now you got me. What about, but I guess like, I guess it, the thing was, it was like, at the beginning, it was annoying me because I thought perhaps like the filmmakers were on the side of Luke or like mm-hmm. his perspective of like being owed something with Ashley or that mm-hmm. like she's this hot older girl yeah. was like a normal one or one that they were condoning because even the dad is kind of like a creep to her and calls her like a beautiful thing or like, mm-hmm. look at you, you're so perfect. Yeah. And then I was like with the twist, I was like, okay, so they know that this perspective is bad, but then they never went far enough to really... You know, um, I agree to, to really kind of like um, examine why what Luke was doing is bad. I agree. Mm-hmm. I per- perhaps because you were like, wait, Twist. never mind. This movie isn't terrible. <laughs> I went into it thinking, I don't know. I was I had low expectations, I guess, and it didn't. I I thought it was fine, but when mm-hmm. the when Luke is like fear makes like girls wet or whatever he says in the beginning I was like this kid is gonna pull some shit I knew he was gonna do some shit so when he said that I was not surprised when he became the actual bad guy I was like he sucks so hard too yeah he's like truly Uh, like a little shit like he's a (laughs) mega little shit I mean though when at one point like before he does his total heel turn, mm-hmm. he uh, is, like, trying to get Ashley to drink wine with him or champagne. They start, like, drinking champagne. And then, like, he's, like, well, I'm almost 13. And I was, like, this kid is 12? I know. And I said, I've babysat a lot. I was a babysitter uh-huh. all throughout college. And I was, like, look, you would not ever drink with a 12-year-old. No! <laughs> What's wrong with her? Yeah. Uh, Oof. I Gosh. thought so. They they make you lead. They like the trailers have you led to believe that like her ex boyfriends are like banding together to attack them, but the ex boyfriends are actually kind of good in this movie too. Yeah, they are. They're just like dumb high school boys, you know. They're mm-hmm. complete. They're like harmless, really. They are harmless and, and uh, useless, <laughs> not, and useless. Not <laughs> cannot stop these twelve year old boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like. You're right in that the movie tries to, like, flip it on its head and be like, no, these are bad boys. Mm -hmm. But it does feel a little bit at the end, like, like it doesn't go far enough in exploring that. And it also seems sort of, like, mom-blamey. Oh, heavily mom-blamey. And I think that it doesn't at all round out anything with the dad who I think is way creepier as like most dads that that you babysit for are like they're fucking creepy (laughs) sadly but uh, yeah true to life the depiction of the dad such flashbacks I know same (laughs) Um, oh god but 
it doesn't bring it back to the dad at all. But I'm like, the dad is the one who's modeling this fucking creepy behavior You're to right. this kid. You're but right. the kid at the end, he Ashley's the only one left alive. He's like cuddling with her against her will. She's like tied up and stuff. And he's uh-huh. just like trying to cuddle with her. And he's like, my mom used to cuddle me. And Ashley's like, I know why she stopped. And he's like, tell me, tell me why she stopped. And she doesn't say anything. And then he stabs mm-hmm. her in the neck and thinks she's dead. Mm-hmm. And then he like pretends to be asleep. And the mom comes home and freaks out. And is like, my boy, my baby boy. And is like cuddling the boy. Yeah. And he's like finally being cuddled. And it's like, okay, so are you saying that like if the mom had cuddled the kid, he wouldn't be like killing yeah, all these right? people? I thought she was like too overbearing. He also sleeps with a um, like a f- womb simulator. Oh, yeah. That that's really another weird. weird thing i thought that was gonna play a bigger part me too <laughs> that's uh, why i bring it up at all except to blame the mom i yeah exactly <laughs> and the mom is virginia madison madison who is in Candyman. she's the, the girl in Candyman. she's so pretty wow Candyman. she's still beautiful obviously but she has like these great yeah. curly hairs mm-hmm. um candy man's really fucked up we have to do Candyman soon um yeah it was weird it was definitely very weird and like just totally half-baked when it came to Luke's uh I mean obviously if he's like a psychopath he doesn't need clear motivations but he was already like spouting off some like toxic viewpoints regarding like what he deserved from Ashley so they could have just I don't know I think it would have helped also if Ashley kind of had more triumphant moments she kind of is like she's knocked out then she's tied up and remains tied up Mm -hmm. she has like one brief escape shot and then um is remains tied up for the rest of the movie and then is basically like rescued by EMTs and gives him the finger as she's taken away. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wish there was a bigger moment where Ashley got to be like, no, fuck you, little kid. Right. Um, Which I think, I mean, we did Black Christmas in our last chiclet. That's Monday. But <laughs> um, I think that dim- deals with like similar themes of like toxic masculinity and like male, white male rage and all that stuff. And but I think it does it better because there are these moments of triumph and it does, and it just like talks about it. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that this movie didn't go far enough. And like you said, doesn't give enough like redemptive moments to, or like uh, triumphant moments to Ashley. Yeah. Like we could have heard from Ashley, like, no, fuck you. Like you don't own me. You don't deserve anything from me. This was never going to go your way. Um, yeah, I'm not like your toy. I don't know. Uh, if you need to know everything you need to know from the director's perspective, um, can be summed up in this quote where he said, what if you took a John Hughes movie set up with a 12 year old boy trying to win up over his babysitter and then gave that script to Ter- Quentin Tarantino, like now fuck this up. Oh God. So, oh yeah. John Hughes and Quentin Tarantino, two great guys oh, who had God. very healthy relationships with young girls. I kept waiting since you were like, this movie's terrible. And then it like flipped. You kept waiting for it I to kept, get better. Well, I kept, I was like, maybe she's like, has a secret like lesbian relationship and like her girlfriend's going to come over and then her girlfriend and her will like kick ass. Oh my ass. God, that's who she's actually talking to on the and, phone the whole yes. time? Yes. I was like, I was like, maybe oh. Jer. I was like thinking maybe Jeremy is her like ex-boyfriend and Ricky is her current girlfriend. Oh wow. my God. Mackenzie, we need to write movies. <laughs> stupid. Well, that would have been amazing. So I think I had like such little stakes going in that it only impressed me and you had the reverse. So yeah. it only, it was like, a, we met in the middle. Yeah. Uh, fear <laughs> makes girls wet. Kill me. I know. It was so little gross. boy, I'm like, I never want to see you again. I, I know. 
cool. Although I feel like because he is so young, he could in five years look like completely different. And I would like. I no looked idea. him up on IMDb and he already looks different. He has long curly hair. Does he look at all like the boy in that movie? Because he yes, is so he does creepy. still wait. And you know, he was also in A Wrinkle in Time as the. the oh really? The, yeah. Oh, he's cute in that. Yeah. <laughs> but now I he's know so this. evil in this when they're when they're doing fuck Mary kill with Adventure Time characters. Ew, it's such a, that was I, good writing because that was like, oh, these are children, but they're yes. children. Yeah, you're right. Um, this review by Simon Abrams at RogerEbert.com. He hated it. He said every possible contrivance is thrown at viewers from booby trap backyard for to a cell phone dropped in a fish tank. The baddies are always somehow faster and more agile than the good guys. And the victims are only interesting because of the mitigating circumstances that humanize them long enough to make you root for them. We're given no reason to care about these characters beyond simple run away faster or beat them up impulses. I agree somewhat with that, you know, yeah, I care for Ashley immediately because I just care for her. Yeah, as a babysitter. Yeah, as a babysitter. As <laughs> a girl. As soon as as soon as that boy was trying to touch me, you know, why we were like, ugh. I would have been like, I have to call your parents. <laughs> I was also asking, like Tim, I was like, when did you get left home alone for the first time? And he was like thirteen, probably. And I was yeah, like, yeah. This is weird, you know. Yeah. Um. They. I was like, maybe they should have had him have like some sort of like medical issue or something where he couldn't be left alone because it, it does. Was it sleepwalking stretch. though? Was it like? Oh yeah, maybe it was that he's a sleepwalker and she has to be there for him. Maybe it's that. Unclear. I don't know. But he was. Yeah, you're right. I was like babysitting people at twelve. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> well, it's just different for girls. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. Oh. Do you want to um, read these, these pretty great one star reviews? Sure. I mean, what does the film teach by portraying kids talking crap, smoking weed, and whatnot? An absolutely sickening film. Yeah, it's the smoking weed part and talking crap that is yeah. very worrisome in this movie. Not the murder. <laughs> yeah. This one says, just no. Played out like an incel's wet dream. I will never get this time back. And I'm like, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Because he does like get to kind of like triumph still. Yeah. And at the end, he's That's like, let's go to the hospital so we can like maybe kill oh, Ashley in the hospital. I hated that cliffhanger. I, I hated like, it so much. Off. I was like, no, Ashley, let Ashley win. Yeah. I wish it had been like the last shot was like Ashley like pointing at him and talking to the police. Yeah, me too. Or like him crying in jail. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. He did do like whiny boy really well. Like, yeah, he did. He did do whiny boy really well. Because he was a kid and his voice was constantly cracking and stuff. I was like, this child is murdering. I hope that if like my boyfriend showed up and was like, where is Bridget? And a 12 year old boy was like, no, you can't see her. He would just be like, flip out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this last one is. um, this movie is totally effed up. This is the worst movie I've ever watched. Like, literally. Seriously, Mr. Director, I hate you for life. Upside down, smiley face. <laughs> I hate you for life. <laughs> I love that. I feel so like passionate. that should be in every review that we read. That's yes. how people should sign off. I hate <laughs> you for life, Mr. Director. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> regular smiley face or upside down, smiley face. <sighs> I love it. Well, what would you rate? Uh, better watch out. Like a I was gonna say four, but maybe a three. Like, fuck, I'm gonna say a four and again. We're just double doubles across the board. Okay, I'm gonna say a four. Well, Merry Christmas to you, yeah. and Happy Holidays. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can watch these movies. You don't have to. <laughs> We're running uh, out of like holiday. Mo- I feel like next we are, year we just probably movies. shouldn't do holiday movies. Re- regular holiday movies. Yeah. 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 You're right. We should do like the holiday. 
Yeah, we should. Have you seen that? And Family Stone. Yes, I've seen The Holiday. Okay. Wait, with, with Queen Latifah? Or the one with Jack Black and... Kate the Wimbledon. one with... Well, we could you do know, both. We, could do, we should do The Holiday time. and The Last Holiday, because The Last Holiday is the one with Queen Latifah. <laughs> and that's also a good movie. <laughs> no, we should. We should. I think we're, we are like almost out of good Christmas horror movies. And it's, they're bad. Except for Black Christmas. Yeah, that's true. And Rare Exports. They're like the only two good ones. Yeah. So, I mean, if you know of better ones, let us yeah, know. Yeah, t- yes, please give us Rex mm-hmm. and your regular Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on December 30th, and we will be talking about our favorite movies of 2019. Chickflix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Creep Carlson for our music. Thanks for listening to Chickflix. Thank you. Bye.